Hey everybody, welcome back to Beers and Careers. This is Mark Agustinelli, your host, and as always, Beers and Careers is brought to you by the Davis Companies, www.daviscos.com. That's D-A-V-I-S-C-O-S.com. The great resignation is going on, and if you're looking for a new gig, don't hesitate to reach out to the good people at Davis. Um, today's podcast is a fun one, uh, perfect one if you're interested in getting into sales. We talk with Steve Travellini, who... Uh, we work together and uh, still stay in touch and are, are friends. And uh, he went from business development ref, rep, excuse me, to chief revenue officer in eight years. And he shares his journey on uh, making career decisions and making career moves and ultimately uh, what it's all about. So an awesome one if you're getting into the world of sales um, where there just isn't enough sales content about what it's like to be a rep or work in that profession. So check it out and let us know what you think. Thanks so much. Without further ado. Mr. Right. Steve Travellini, thank you for coming on Beers and Careers, my man. It's a pleasure to be here, Mark. Cheers. Cheers. And uh, share with the audience what you're having on this fine Friday afternoon. I am having an Old World Rye Whiskey by Whistlepick. What about mm-hmm. you? Lovely. Yes, you inspired me. I'm having a nice, um, the standard bullet bourbon. Nice. Excellent. Uh, a little little brown liquor on a Friday. So, um, Steve... <laughs> Uh, thanks so much for coming on. Do you want to give people maybe the boilerplate of um, your job today, uh, if that's cool, who you are yeah. and what you're all yeah. about? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Steve Travellini. I'm the Chief Revenue Officer at Link Squares, which is a legal tech company based in Boston. Uh, we do AI-powered contract management. And my role is to oversee new business, uh, the new business sales teams, but also customer success, which is renewals, upsells, expansion, all that good stuff. Uh, as well as our implementation and support teams and our partnerships uh, uh, team, which we call alliances. How many people in your organization, Steve? Uh, today, roughly 130. Awesome. 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 And how many people directly report to you? Direct reports. I have five direct reports. Very cool. Very cool. Um, before we get into how you got to CRO of Link Squares, um, if you can't tell from the audience, Steve and I are both uh, Boston-based individuals and talk with that Northeast uh, pace. So <laughs> keep up, keep up. Uh, that's that's us. But just to get to know you, we got some standard beers and careers questions uh, that I'd love for you to answer. What is Mr. Travellini's favorite uh, cocktail or drink? I'm drinking it right now, rye whiskey. Is it is it rye whiskey? Oh, it, that's awesome. It actually is, yeah. I love it. I love it. Uh, do you have a favorite curse word? Uh, classic F bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, if I if I was to be honest, it's so it's versatile. The, it's the perennial favorite. Yeah, it's the perennial favorite here. Uh, <laughs> how about like, are you a quote guy? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I do. I do have a quote or two uh, uh, that I lean on from time to time. Do you mind sharing it or one of them? Uh, yeah. So I think my quote right now is by Jocko Willink. It's discipline equals freedom. I, I just, I just. Uh, I just shared that book with a colleague yesterday. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it's, yeah, great book. Uh, uh, Jocko's a really cool figure to look at for leadership lessons uh, uh, from from military to business. And I actually have a framed discipline is, uh, uh, equals freedom on, on my wall in my office. To oh, rem- no way. Yeah. Right. I will, uh, quick aside, I credit Jocko uh, Willink for changing my life for the better significantly after the birth of my second child, so close to five years ago today, he was on 
Joe Rogan's podcast. I had never listened to a Joe Rogan podcast in my life. My wife uh, was in the hospital for five days having the C-section, and I'm going back and forth to 40 minutes to the hospital with my oldest. And I'm listening to that podcast, and at one point in time, they're talking about exercising and working out. And Jocko poses the question to a degree that's like, imagine going your whole life and not really understanding what your body is capable of just because you are lazy. <laughs> and I remember being there in the car being like, no way. Like, I just had my second kid. I'm not going to wither away. And from that point on, I can honestly say for the last almost five years, I've, uh, I've maintained the discipline and lost the weight and stayed in shape. So that man, I, I'm a big I've never met him, but I feel like I know him because he's changed my life so so uh, so profoundly. Yeah, it's incredible. That's that's how I feel about it too. I, I feel like when you have your body in balance and you're disciplined and and you're taking care of your fitness and you're eating right, uh, uh, you're you know set up to do the best possible job that you can do professionally and at home. So mm. I love the emphasis on the discipline piece for it too, about how you can discipline is not just something that people have or people don't, but more of a muscle that you flex and get better at. And I think uh, that makes it so much more, you know, it puts it in bite sized chunks for people to handle. Yeah, totally do agree. You, do you have like on that topic, I think it's a, it's funny discipline in Jocko. Um, anything about your daily routine that maybe people would find unusual or weird? No, I don't think unusual or weird. Uh, I get up, I get up at five. Uh, I, I have a young daughter who's uh, 19 months old, uh, and uh, you know, life of parents, you have to work out uh, uh, when they're sleeping, basically at night or in the morning. So I choose the morning. Uh, uh, you know, get a nice endorphin rush before work. I typically get an early start uh, uh, to the day. Uh, so I live in Reading, which is about 35 minutes north of the city uh, uh, with traffic and um, I'll be on the road by 6:45 ish into the office by 7:30 um, get through my emails uh, get through planning my day make sure that I have a good handle on what I'm gonna do and then I try uh, uh, like all hell to be on the road by 515 uh, at the absolute latest so I can get home for dinner and spend time with the family and then I'll round out any extra work that I have to uh, uh, after you know bedtime and stuff like that but try and keep that to a minimum if I can. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. That, that's uh, obviously a difficult goal to balance with a growing business and a growing family. Do you have a, do you have a set bedtime that you shoot for? 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock. Yeah. I love it. So 10 yeah, to so five is your jam. 10. Yeah. 10 to five is my jam. Uh, and, uh, I keep my cell phone in a different room. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. keep it. I keep it in the bathroom, which is a which is a little trick. So it forces me to actually have to wake up and go turn off my alarm in a different space. So it makes it easier to actually just go downstairs. I love it. I love it. I think there's a lot of science too behind keeping your phone in a different room, being good <laughs> for your sleep too. So that that's uh, that's cool. So I mean, people, Steve, that don't know uh, you or I, we met via the company I still work at, the Davis Companies, where you were. Um, was that your first gig out of after Assumption? That was my first sales. Uh, job out of school. Okay, cool. So do you mind giving people like the, uh, before we unpack it, just give people the journey of, of from out of school to CRO and, and uh, maybe some timeframes around it? Yeah, for sure. So uh, I graduated uh, undergrad in 2011 and, you know, just three years uh, uh, post 2008. So it was still a, a, a tough job market uh, uh, to some degree. Uh, and 
uh, my my mom was really concerned about me getting into a into a you know position. I didn't have a, a you know a signed job offer going into my final semester at school. Uh, uh, many other uh, uh, college uh, kids you know get that done early. I wasn't one of them. Um, so we had a heart to heart over dinner, and then I rolled up my sleeves and and went online to start looking at job boards. Uh, and I sent my resume to 20 or 30 different places. Uh, and, you know, over the course of about a week and the Davis companies uh, uh, gave me a call. I was a local, uh, obviously a, a local, uh, uh, you know, staffing company. Um, didn't know anything about the world of of talent acquisition and and what it means to, to you know, even be in a sales role. I had, a, a, you know, one sales internship for the Worcester uh, uh, Visitor and, Con- and Convention Bureau. Uh, rest in peace. It's no longer around. Oh, no way. Yeah, so I basically like, like I basically cold called pizza shops to like sell them uh, 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 ads inside of like the local brochure at the train station in Worcester. It, it, yeah. I, I, I didn't have a lot of success. I thought about you know not doing sales after that. Yeah. Uh, but then I went to the Davis companies and 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 you know fast forward to all these years later, I'm now in software sales and I have to like think through the software lens and I think about uh, when I started at Davis, those were like my BDR days. Those are like. Mm. The business development rep, you're coming in, you're totally green, you don't know what you're doing, and you just need to pick up the phone and uh, uh, look at the senior reps around you and try and figure it out. Uh, and, um, you know, had some success there. Um, went into the account side of things where I worked directly for you, Mark, which was a lot of fun. Uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, so doing the half desk model, at least in those days at Davis. Uh, then I got more experience with like the B2B side versus dealing with candidates directly. And I helped open up a, a location for the Davis companies at, out in Minnesota, which is a lot of fun. Uh, and then I went on to my first account executive uh, job shortly thereafter, a company called Backupify, where I learned B2B software sales. Uh, did that for a couple of years and uh, made some great relationships. Uh, found one of my personal mentors, a guy by the name of Chris, Chris Essler. And Chris, uh, uh, after we went through an acquisition at that company, immediately was recruited by a lot of businesses. And he went over to Onshape, and I kind of slipped into his, uh, 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 you know, gravitational pull, went over to Onshape with him and uh, learned more about building teams there, uh, myself as a, as a manager for the first time, and then as a director. And then I started running the entire sales program. I learned a little bit more about venture capital in that company, uh, 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 learned about uh, presenting to a board, uh, uh, and then from there I joined a 10-person uh, startup called Link Squares, uh, and I've been here for almost four years. Uh, in that period of time, we've gone from 10 employees to almost 250 now. So incredible uh, growth. Yeah, yeah. So that's the long-winded uh, three-minute or less, uh, probably five, yeah. the way that I explained. Oh, no, that's cool. I think, uh, you, uh, <laughs> I think you hit it pretty much pretty well. That's a. Yeah. Uh, it was a great journey. You know, it's so funny, Steve. I don't remember you working for me. I remember us being peers, and I remember. I do remember the. Uh, well, I've been going to Minnesota more so recently too now. So I do remember all the Zoke and T Dota in Minnesota uh craze and I think you educated me on Vikings and all of that kind of stuff through through that whole process. But I love uh, Minnesota. I still do. It's a great it's a great state. It is a and a great market and a great market, right? I mean a great yeah, market for business and um what like you you mentioned you didn't know if sales was for you during your internship, which I think it's so funny because I had my oh shit moment back in sales career as well. Like, what am I doing? And and it, honestly, 
when you said you had the conversation with your parents over dinner about finding a job. I remember having a conversation with my parents being like, I don't know if this whole sales thing, and I was at Davis, I was like, I don't know if this whole thing's going to work out. And I remember them being like, give it another six months and it turned. But how? Did, when did you change? Like, when did you know along your career that like, okay, now I want to do this for a, the foreseeable future? I think it took me a while, uh, uh, actually. Yeah. Um, so I really, I really didn't, I, I didn't know what I didn't know, uh, 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 about sales and, and, and this craft and profession for quite some time. Um, but I was confident nonetheless, uh, uh, uh which can be, which could be a recipe for disaster. It, it can also be, uh, uh, something that leads to, to, you know, um, some good opportunities too, but. Uh, uh, the internship was tough because I had something that I was trying to sell people that they didn't want or really need. And that's, that's tough for any seller. Yes. Uh, 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 and, and first impressions can be lasting ones. And my first impression was calling pizza shops, uh, uh, that were trying to go digital to sell them print ad, uh, 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 space for, for a train station brochure. It's not really a, uh, a, a compelling pitch. So, so I, I saw everything that I thought was sales and movies and everything. And, uh, you know, I had been in sales classes at Assumption. I went to school in Worcester too. And, uh, you know, I really enjoyed, uh, the theatrical side of it all and the presentation, the organization, putting a plan together and presenting value. And, you know, my dreams were crushed in my internship. <laughs> the rea- I think, I, I think a, a good thing uh, about it was I was used to being hung up on by the time I showed up at the Davis companies. And when I got to the Davis companies, all of a sudden there were people all around that were successful, that knew what they were doing, uh, that had a confidence to them and, and understood kind of like, you know, the good and bad of sales and, and understood their product really well and why it made a, a you know, a big difference. Uh, obviously people, uh, I still say to this point in time are like the hardest thing to sell. Uh, 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 I, I, I was told by someone in software that was formerly uh, uh, in staffing that, you know, talent acquisition and staffing is like elevation training. Uh, if you want to get into tech sales, it's the only product that can say no. Right. Uh, uh, but, but what's more important, uh, uh, than the people that work at a business. Right. So, 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 so all of a sudden you have this, uh, you go from selling pizza ads, uh, uh, in a train station brochure to selling, human beings, which are inherently uh, unpredictable and difficult. Uh, uh, yeah. To work with. Yeah. And, and, but it's also, it's also a, a valuable uh, uh, offering. So, so, so that was helpful. Uh, um, and, and realizing that, you know, I could get passionate about something and I, I was starting to get excited about it, but I actually remember driving home from the Davis companies one day, I was probably three or four months into the job and I had this, uh, really old school Honda Civic at the time. And I was driving home and I was talking to my mom on the phone. And I remember I was just like crying, like punching the ceiling of like my roof being like, I, like, why can't I get someone placed? I've been doing the right work. I've been, you know, I've, I've put people through interviews and, and no one's hiring my candidates like, or, or they're kicking job offers. And, you know, it, it was, it was really frustrating. So even then I didn't, I don't think that I was convinced uh, mm-hmm. even though I was in a place selling a better product and then, uh, uh, naturally, I think, you know, persistence, uh, led to finally getting some of those successes. 
getting people, you know, hired uh, was personally rewarding because I get to see them, you know, their lives be improved for the better, the company be excited, get to make some commission for the first time. Uh, uh, and I think at that point where I started having those successes, I was start, I, I started to be hooked. But then I think it was more so uh, uh, that kept me going in sales. And then once mm-hmm. I started selling uh, 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 companies for the first time, not on the candidate side, but like actually finding the companies that had the need, uh, I found that that pitch in some ways was a, was a bit more natural for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get this feeling that you're building something. Like when we, you know, when I was working on Minnesota, I had this feeling that I was building something from almost nothing as I was building up this book of business. And, uh, I was hooked from that point on. Oh, that's cool. I, I, uh, that makes a lot of sense. I think because I think with the customer face, you can see a customer's face kind of change in the instant. The candidate's a little bit of a longer change process, right? And a big deal, but you can change a customer's perspective pretty quickly. And you're such a masochist because you not only were you in staffing, but you went to a selling into a new market, which I think at the time I didn't realize being ignorant and, and certainly less experienced how hard, how relationship based my industry is and how the barriers to entry were so high. And we did it. I mean, you did it. So it's re- really, really cool, man. And, and what, you you leave Davis and you go to tech. Like, give give me some of like the people like I wouldn't know from this perspective. But like, what were some of the holy crap? This is really different. But oh, awesome! This is this is way better. And obviously, your product uh, doesn't have a voice, which is helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so so big difference uh, was I, I think number one uh, being a central mass guy at the time, going to school out there. Uh, and working in central Massachusetts while I still lived in Worcester during the Davis chapter uh, 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 was all of a sudden now is commuting into Cambridge. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was something exciting about that kind of being in, in, in the, like, you know, right between Harvard and MIT, we were in Central Square at the time, which is kind of cool now, some cool restaurants. But 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 then it was a pretty sketchy place. But it's still it was still cool to to to, to be in the Boston uh, uh, area. That was a change. It, it was exciting. Um, but, uh, when I rolled up to the office for the first time, I was shocked to find it was actually in the back of a church. So, so, so all of the excitement of like having the Boston tech sales job. Now all of a sudden I'm in the back and basement uh, side of a church, which was a, uh, reformed methadone clinic. It, like that was the, the, the prior tenant was actually a methadone clinic. And then our tech company moved in. Um, yeah, so 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 uh, there was like bars on the windows, and 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 it wasn't you know the most glamorous you know when you think tech company type of uh, 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 space, but it was a startup, uh, uh, and uh, I loved the Davis companies and 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 how there were people that were had been there since the '80s uh, uh, in some cases, right? And it was cool to see that tradition and that heritage stick with the business, and and those people uh, 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 stay there and you know continue to build it over time. But uh, a really uh, uh, oh sorry Mark. Uh, a really interesting but like different dynamic was that everybody at this company had been there for you know five years or less. Yeah. Uh, well, and it was brand new and it was total like no one had a history uh, uh, with the company and um, it just felt like a very innovative, uh, 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 fast-paced, are we going to make it or not type of environment mm-hmm. uh, uh, versus a you know a tried and true like awesome process that's been you know uh, uh, established and built out. Um, so, so that was a big, a big change. And then, uh, I had my first sale and I think like a month and a half because it turns out that, 
you know, all you just have to do is call people and, and learn the pitch and learn the value proposition and, and, and the problems that you solve. And mm. then if they actually have those problems and they have budget, they can just buy it. Yeah. Uh, uh, whereas yeah, so- in staffing, that's just like the start of the journey is to like yeah. get the job requisitions and then you have to go find the people and, and deal with that. So, so. I instantly found that to be uh, an addictive uh, uh, part of tech was uh, uh, that if you can figure it out, it's very repeatable and, and consistent. Oh, that's real. That's really cool. Were you, as you've gone throughout your career, I think you mentioned um, at one point the building teams piece became a big part of your learning curve from Chris, your mentor. Like, can you talk about that? Because when you start to make the transition from individual sales contributor to sales leader, sales coach, et cetera, like for, I think for a lot of people, that personal experience, that's not all it's cracked up to be in the beginning and takes a much yeah. different skill set. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm saying this because of the whole point of this podcast, I think is to, do, to document for people that like career paths can take many shapes. And I, I interview so many people that want to be managers and leaders and they, and they want to run shit because there's a sex appeal to it, especially in an entrepreneurial background, right? But God damn, it takes a different level of work than I think most people yeah. anticipate. And um, you lived it, man. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Or you yeah. are living it. You are living it. It's not past tense. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm there now. And and, and I, I, I'm on the other end of the desk now where, yeah. where folks want to come up quickly and be promoted quickly and get into that management seat. And I think one of the values that that Chris instilled in me when I got to back upify uh, was, uh, you know, the belief in a meritocracy that like the first, the first thing that you have to do is prove that you can do the job. If anybody's going to follow you, uh, if anyone's ever going to want to like learn what you have to say, like you, you better have something that's like worth teaching that people are going to be excited about. Uh, and that took me a while to really polish uh, uh, and acquire that skill set. And even then, uh, uh, you know, I always, you know, I thought I was ready then and, and a management role that I wish I, I had been promoted to turned into be like a team lead role, which is more of a, you know, a player coach, uh, uh, captain type of situation, which, you know, bugged me beyond all belief because I thought at the time I was super deserving, uh, uh, of the promotion. So, uh, uh, that was bumpy and, and, and one that I had to, you know, keep pushing through. Um, but by the time I eventually got into the, uh, uh, management position, um, I realized that it was, it was very different than, you know, the skills that make you good at it are very different, uh, 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 in some ways than the skills that make you good as an individual contributor. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, being a good individual contributor, I believe is an advantage uh, uh, because you have perspective on what works and what doesn't work. And I think that those things need to be taught, but great individual contributors aren't always, uh, uh, great managers, uh, 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 which I think is pretty well documented. And I think it's actually blown up a little bit because great individual contributors can also become, uh, uh, great managers, but they have to learn it. Uh, uh, and it's not for everybody. Exactly. We spend so much time talking about how your best salesperson might not be a good manager. But we yeah. never talk about how your best manager certainly was at least a good salesperson. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. I totally, <laughs> I totally agree. And I think there are many uh, 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 sales leaders who who do a great job at being a sales leader, hmm. or also in some cases the best salesperson too. 
Agreed. Right? Agreed. It, it, can, it can be both. Yeah, totally. It, uh, it's, it's funny how things get wrapped. I'm sorry I cut you off. No, you didn't cut me off. It's all good. Uh, uh, so, so yeah, I wasn't ready. And then I learned, uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I always kind of put my head down and was someone that would like push through, uh, uh, the opposition, persistence and you know, discipline equals freedom after all. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think it's very true in business to like stick to the plan and, you know, you know, stay after it. Well, it turns out with people, you can't just like push through people, <laughs> you know, uh, which is obvious. But one of my learnings was that, you know, the things that I did with deals uh, as a seller, uh, uh, you know, they weren't working as a manager. So I had a lot of uh, uh, learnings specifically at Onshape about the sales manager that I wanted to be uh, 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 versus the one that would be successful uh, uh, and trying to almost impersonate other people's styles that I had seen yeah. work past versus finding my own style. Um, and I think authenticity is, is an incredibly valued trait in a leader. Uh, and when I just started being myself, um, and, and, uh, uh, not trying to, um, be other managers that I had seen be successful, that's when I really turned a corner. Interesting. And before we get to that, what I'd love to hear from you, from your perspective is the balance of. Uh, okay, I know you. I know Steve Travellini on a personal level too, right? I, I like for me, you're a uh, type A charging person, right? Yeah. Which, I, which, like for me, I love that. You know, I can't. I don't know how you go to bed with all that toxic masculinity, Steve, in your life. But no, seriously, man. Like you, like you don't say, you don't take no for an answer in the most polite way possible. How did you? How did you balance the the brain, like the internal struggle of, man? I think I should be getting promoted. I think my skill set's there, but but those with experience saying maybe not yet, Steve, and like that whole process because there's millions of people out here. I hope millions listening, but there there are millions of people in that situation who believe their skill set is ready for the next step, and maybe it's not being recognized, or maybe they have a um, a warped view of where they actually stand. And I think that's a really challenging thing for folks. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, uh, it can tear you apart if you let it. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I think, I think, um, what I did at that point in time is I talked to people that I trusted that were at my company and I asked them what they thought. Some agreed and, 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 and some, you know, said, yeah, but this is the way things work. Let me, you know, let me wrap my arm around you and give you a little perspective. And, um, and I appreciated all of that. I think that helped, helped kind of smooth out some of that. But I always felt like there was something that I was, uh, uh, you know, still working toward. Uh, uh, even when I didn't get it, I felt like it was still out there and it was, you know, it was mine to still go get, right? And, and just because I didn't have it yet, it didn't feel, it didn't feel like, well, to heck with this. Uh, it more felt like, um, you know, how are you going to use it? Are you going to, are you going to, you know, tuck your tail and, and give up and look how far you've come. You know, I, I knew the results I was putting in and where I was at in the leaderboard. And I knew um, that I could do it uh, at some point. So I just kept pushing, kept pushing. And there was also like a degree of, you know, taking risks uh, uh, because, you know, maybe had I, you know, stuck it out specifically at that company uh, uh, for the long run, I would have gotten there. But, you know, I think careers oftentimes like shoots and ladders, right? Like, you know, I went from making 
good money uh, uh, to, you know, jumping in with Chris uh, at his new venture uh, uh, where, you know, I had to almost start all over again and and had to build things back up. Um, and then and then, you know, it worked for me there uh, uh, more quickly than it worked for me at the last company. So so I don't think that my advice would be like to stick it out no matter what. I think that you have to, like, find your opportunities. And sometimes that means elsewhere. Uh, um, sometimes it means you need to you need to stick it out. Right. But I think that there's like wisdom in knowing the difference. Uh, 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 and you got to go with your gut on that front. Um, and I followed a leader that believed in me. Right. So this is like another thing is 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 looking for those mentors and coaches um, and people that you come across in business, the ones that really value like what you are and who you are, that that also have that belief that you have that want to teach you, want to coach you, um, because that to me was invaluable. Um, if it wasn't for Chris, you know, maybe I wouldn't have gotten there as fast as I as I did, which was slower than, you know, Steve at the time probably wanted it to be. Right. But, um, yeah. So I'm hearing like trust your gut, but yeah. seek counsel, like get get perspective, like real perspective. Like you, you, it sounds like you had people within your company and outside your company that were able to give you like good, real yeah. perspective to help align your gut, so to speak. Yeah, totally. And, and just be ready to work. Right. That was the other thing. Uh, um, I cared much less about the details and I cared a lot more about the direction. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when Chris was going to give me an opportunity to join him at this new company in a management role, the rub was, yeah, but you're going to be an account executive for the first like year until you prove uh, uh, to everybody like what's going on and what you can do. And also to help us hone the sales process. I need you to like dive in uh, uh, and operate on this thing for a bit for us to like figure out what's really going on. And it wasn't like, well, that's not what I want. I want to be a manager of people and not have to do that anymore. It was like, yeah, no problem. Let's do it. Right. So right. I think too often people sweat the details. They sweat the, they sweat the exact number on the salary or especially in the tech space, sweat the amount of equity they're going to get. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was, always much more about like the larger opportunity and was I moving in the right direction. Do you feel like, I mean, just, you know, that whole statement resonates so much with me because I think the glam, the glitz and glam of the end game and how much money you're taking home and just the title and all that is what so many people focus on. Whereas all of that, in my opinion, like Mark's view is like that kind of stuff takes care of itself. If you put the daily work in, like if you get your hands dirty every day, it's going to take care of itself. Like, wait, is, was that always who Steve Travellini was? Is that instilled from you at, a, at an early age? Or, like, how, how do you balance that out? Or where do you think that might have come from? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I, I was, you know, I, I was an athlete. Um, and I was someone that wasn't the best in high school academically could have been, but I've decided to focus on football, right? Made Dean's list. Shout out to mom and dad in college, uh, uh, at least for, at least for a couple of years yeah. uh, to prove I could do it. Uh, uh, but yeah, I was really focused at, as an athlete, uh, uh, and, uh, played four years in college, which took a lot of commitment and, um, not everything goes the way that you want it to go. Uh, uh, and I, and my parallel that I leaned back on, especially early in my career was, was sports, I'd have injuries and you know, have a hope hope for a big season and then you blow your knee out have to get surgery mm-hmm. happened to me and what are you gonna do right well I decided to join a coaching staff and like be up in the booth and like go with the team to every game and still do that type of stuff and I I, I guess uh, um I guess at some level you know not giving up is 
something something that I was raised uh, uh, to to value and persistence is uh, I think probably like the most important quality in just about anybody. Yeah, I I I feel like when I talk to people like you early in our lives, early in people's lives, and I, I'm going to consider college early in our lives. Um, you have these quote unquote setbacks, but your want your wants <laughs> exceed the negative, so to speak, or the or the uh, the challenge, and then all of a sudden it all works out. And I feel like that is programmed to the point where you're like, oh, no, this is going to happen again. Like, you know, I still want that. This sucks today, but my wants are still so large that I'm going to go out and get that thing. And I'm just confident that somehow, some way it's going to work out. Is that a fair? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Belief. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. And, and after on shape, you know, I was running a team of uh, 25, 30 people at that point in time. And I was doing a 10 person company, the third yeah. of the third of the size of the team that I that I just had. Right. And, uh, uh, you know, I took uh, like a 70 percent pay cut uh, from going from a well-established, well-funded uh, uh, software company down to uh, a 10 person company that was running on fumes. Right. And uh, uh, that was another risk. Situation. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, one that I'm glad I took. Yeah, what motivated that decision? Like that's that is not, you know, I'm in the talent game. <laughs> it's not a, it's not something you hear of people doing often. Yeah, you know, step backwards to go forward sounds easier in theory than people practice it in real life. Is what I'm saying. I think. Yeah, no, no, I I, I totally hear you. And um, I was actually approached by our CEO while I, I while I was with uh, uh, the company. And I said, no, 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 like you guys are kind of early stage and I knew the money wouldn't be right or whatever. So a little, you know, just had bought my first house. It's a little, little risk adverse. And, and, uh, you know, <laughs> the story of a software company, uh, uh, that takes on a lot of venture funding is that, you know, some do incredibly well, some not so much. Um, and the company I was at was doing, was doing plenty well, all, all things considered, but not necessarily in ratio to the amount of capital that was infused in the business. So uh, I wish it was me being so brave this time, right? But mm. but you know there was a a conversation about the direction where the company was going with revenue strategy, and and um, you know it wasn't necessarily aligned with where I wanted to go with it, yeah. or 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 uh, uh, what the CEO wanted, who I who I cherish and think is just an absolute uh, uh, icon uh, uh, in his own right. Um, so you know we separated ways, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's a little easier to take risks, uh, uh, you know, when you uh, don't have something that you're walking away from. Yeah. So, okay, so, so you so, saw the writing on the wall, so to speak, for even if it wasn't writing on the wall for the company, for Steve Travellini's direction. Yeah, and I think it was mutual. I think that, you know, the direction that they were going with the company and their ultimate move, which was an acquisition by a much larger enterprise uh, player and stuff like that, uh, uh, I wasn't the right fit for them any longer uh, right. uh, after two years. And, and you know, the direction that they were going with wasn't as interesting to me and, and, and what I was trying to do, which is continue to hire uh, uh, and build out bigger teams. And we were just going to kind of ride it out, which is what they ended up doing. Um, so it just wasn't a fit, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Earlier in my career, I had left great opportunities to go to to go to better ones. And this this time, I think uh, it's kind of a blessing in disguise. You know, uh, I, I essentially was terminated. Right. Yeah. Uh, 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 which ha has its advantages uh, in a scenario like that. It does. Uh, 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 but um, I had some time to think. I had some time to reflect. 
Um, I did some consulting gigs that summer. I went down to Los Angeles and helped consult a, 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 a software sales play and I got to do a couple things like that, which was fun. Um, and then the conversation started back up with uh, a former colleague of mine from the back of a five days from the back of the church, uh, Vichal, who's our CEO. Um, and we talked about the product. It looked amazing. I could get excited about it really quickly. It solved a problem that a lot of people had. Mm. Uh, and I could see myself selling it, right? So came in and, uh, there was, you know, two or three salespeople at the time, um, and, uh, got to work. Yeah. Cool. Very it. cool. Very cool. So that, uh, which is how you are where you are today, right? That's Link Squares. Yeah. Link Squares. Very cool. Do you, um, do you think for like, it sounds like the, your network has played an incredible role. Especially in the post Davis years, you know, well, I, mean, I don't know those as well as you can imagine. Like, how how do you view network and what advice would you have for folks that are starting their careers or maybe mid career on how to build and maintain networks of value? Yeah, it's a great question. So I, I think I think I wasn't even thinking about it at the time. Uh, yeah. uh, I just wanted to 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 make a good impression on people. I just wanted to work hard and be a good person uh, 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 at Backupify. Like when I showed up, it's like be a good teammate, work your butt off, do the things that you say you're going to do, uh, exceed expectations, uh, always give it 110% and be kind to people, you know, in day-to-day interactions. Mm-hmm. And I think those things, uh, uh, was I perfect at all of those things? Not always. Uh, uh, but did I try uh, uh, to, to make sure that 95% of the time, uh, uh, you know, Nine and a half out of ten days, I was I was giving it everything that I absolutely had, absolutely, and I think that people uh, uh, at a management level, uh, uh, your leadership uh, uh, values that, right? Someone who's going to come in, just give it everything that they have, do it the way that the leaders want it done, and that was the big thing that 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 I've always uh, 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 taken to heart is it was like Chris, like Chris had a way that he wanted the job done, I did it that way, and guess what? Mm. It worked. It worked really well, right? So I followed, I followed that playbook as tightly as I possibly could, and I tried to consume as much information as I possibly could from him and from others. And I think that the performance is also a thing that people that people remember. Uh, uh, Vishal uh, is our CEO. Chris Combs is, is one of our co-founders. Uh, Eric Alexander was an engineer at the time. Uh, uh, Juliet Kapecki, she was uh, in marketing. So all these people that I that I work with now today were at this Backupify company. And we kind of all found our way back uh, uh, together, and we were all people that were in almost, you know, universally individual contributor type roles. Uh, Juliet was a was a manager. I think Vishal was a manager too uh, of of smaller teams. But I think we just remembered and respected uh, 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 each other from a prior life. Right? There was some time between Backupify and the acquisition of Backupify to when we got back together. Um, so we respected each other's skill and, and I think universally, like we all kind of liked each other, right? Mm. There were people that you would, you know, want to work with again, uh, not, you know, a-holes, right? Uh, uh, so, so, so your I reputation, think, your reputation yeah. matters. Like I think uh, what I think what you're enlightening me on or reminding me of is a better, maybe a better way of saying it is. I think when I talk to like recent college grads and people, I'm always like, yeah, you need a network. You want a network, build a network, stay in touch with people. Your network doesn't matter if your reputation sucks. Yeah, totally. No. Uh, uh, and, and sometimes my reputation has sucked, right? Uh, 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 in, in, in some scenarios, because I think everybody has a, a connection or two, uh, uh, throughout their professional, personal lives where your reputation, uh, isn't ideal. And those are the only things that I regret. 
right? Yes. If, if, if I, if I, if I did something wrong by somebody, you know, unintentionally or intentionally, uh, and I just had my, you know, priorities misaligned and I was playing short game versus long game. Um, those are the things that I regret. Right. Uh, and sometimes with people, especially like when you're a first time manager, you're going to make those oh. mistakes. And it's, it's not necessarily uh, you're trying to do the right thing for 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 the company, trying to do the right thing for the person and for yourself. Sometimes you just don't know what you're doing. Um, and I look back on some of those amateurism, you know, type of moves that I've made at, at different points um, as valuable reminders of like the crappy feeling of of not having it you know, just right all the time. And I think that's the reality of it, too. You synthesize that perfectly. I, I, the things that give me the most, uh, paranoia are those things. When I thought I was doing it perfectly at the time, and then you realized how much you fucked it up and you're like, Oh my God. And then like someone you probably love, right. And you, you yeah. worked with, especially when you're leading teams, you don't, you generally like them all and yeah. love them all and you want to help them succeed. And then they get caught in the crossfire and you're like, Oh man. Totally. Like that, I, that, that I'm, I'm so with you on that. Do you, what do you think is the difference for like, why is Steve CRO versus another young tech sales guy? Like, what, what, what do you think about your background and what you've done along the way has helped bring you success um, at this point in your career that, that others might be able to lean into as they start theirs? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. There's a bit of luck, right? Um, Just you admitting know. it, I think, is half the part. You got to be humble. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there, so there's definitely, there's definitely luck there for sure. Um, I think it's, it's, um, knowing when to make moves, knowing what to pursue and when to pursue it, uh, thinking, thinking, uh, uh, you know, honestly about, about those things. Uh, um, sometimes it's like, you know, not taking a move is the ultimate move sometimes. And sometimes making the move is, um, I think I've made moves well. Um, and I've picked companies well. Uh, from the Davis companies all the way through Link Squares, like I picked companies that were good fits for me, um, and culture was a fit for me, and leadership was a fit for me. Um, so I think picking the right leaders has been incredibly important. Um, I think uh, you've, used your gut. You, you've used your gut for that feeling of of good leaders. Would you say? I think there's a degree of gut. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm talking for, about beyond the company product, like when you're just thinking about the person you're going to yeah, work yeah. for. I actually think a lot more about the leadership teams of, of companies okay. than I do the products. Okay. Uh, you know, I've learned to love the legal persona that I'm selling to today. Uh, mm. I really do appreciate selling the lawyers. They're incredible, super unique, and they're, they're, they're fun to sell to. Uh, and they're great customers and incredibly loyal and, and great evangelists when you, when you do earn their, uh, 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 you know, trust and respect. Uh, but I sold to HR and to mechanical engineering and, and to IT and to all these different, different areas because for me, I kind of found more fulfillment in the process, like the pursuit of my career and the pursuit of, uh, uh, selling something new and the challenge. And it was never about, you know, uh, uh, trying to sell, you know, just stuff that I was personally uh, interested in. Uh, uh, and I made those decisions uh, uh, on where I went. Product was a part of it. Like, could I yeah. get behind it? Could I get excited about it? Like, could I get there uh, to a point where I would be, you know, uh, uh, you know, looking forward to the nine to five uh, uh, of actually cold calling and selling this thing? Like, do I believe it's actually solving something? Of course. But there are a ton of products that that could check that box, but there were far fewer leaders that I would want to align with and work with 
uh, at a personal and professional level that I thought I could learn a lot from this group or, or this person and I have a similar style that's gonna, that's gonna mesh well. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, those types of things I weighed, I think, much more heavily. That makes a lot of sense. It sounds like you just learned your lesson the first time at the Worcester, uh, you know, in the Worcester situation where the product was, you know, aging out, if you will, phasing out. You yeah. never making that mistake again. And then once you made that, it was like all about the people is what is what kind of what I'm hearing from a synthesis of it. Yeah. Yeah. People, people uh, finding right people that you can learn from and then knowing uh, uh, when it's time to take the next risk. Right. I love and, that. Uh, I think that. Uh, uh, that betting, uh, 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 acknowledging the luck piece of it is right. Like, of course, I'm working super hard. Uh, of course, uh, a lot of people do. Um, and and uh, uh, where the luck comes in, I think, uh, uh, was more in you know making a few of those bets uh, uh, at the right time. Steve, that's phenomenal. And parting thoughts, man. What any other additional advice you'd give people on their if they're pursue, if they're interested? Let's let's do it through. What advice would you give people that are interested in pursuing a role in sales? Yeah, I think I think it's going to be that um, you know focus on uh, uh, doing what works. Don't don't focus on being right uh, about yeah. things. Uh, 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 it's it's you know look to people that know what they're doing and and understand that they've been in your shoes before and that they're trying to help you become successful. Um, I think I think that more than anything for a new seller uh, 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 is the best advice I can give. Don't try and do it yourself. Don't try and invent the playbook when you show up. Find yeah. someone find someone who who is uh, generous enough to try and put their arm around you and don't reject it. It's not a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of strength that you're humble enough to receive the teaching and you'll get ahead much faster. Mm, I think that's phenomenal advice because everyone wants to add their spin on things, but it's your spin so much more impactful when you know the fundamentals. Absolutely. You know? Steve, uh, I really appreciate you, man. I appreciate your time. Thanks so much. 43 minutes flies by on beers and careers. So enjoy the rest of the rest of your whistle pig. And uh, I hope to see you soon, man. Thanks a lot, Mark. I appreciate everything. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Cheers.